Rossini, where our deaths are scheduled for today's entertainment. A warrior who looks into the eyes of death and stands his ground. All my life I've moved from one fight to the next. Right, welcome everyone, this is episode 36 of the Comics Emotions podcast. I am Chris Phelps, and thankfully, and probably quite a lot of people out there are happy, Dave is back. How are you doing, mate? <laughs> not too bad, not too bad, mate. Good to be back. A uh, little bit of a hiatus there, but you've been steering the ship manfully as I've been away, so so I really appreciate it. So I'll just say the usual. So welcome to the Comics in Motion podcast, everyone. What we like to do here is we like to review media like movies, TV shows, and games that are based on comic books. Myself, I'll be looking at the media from the perspective of a longtime comic book reader, and Chris will be looking mainly from that media perspective, and we'll walk through the different film <laughs> films. <laughs> Our practice, you see, uh, meet somewhere in the middle with our, our different perspectives. And what we also like to do, we also like to spoil everything. Now, I'll announce a little bit earlier. So this week, we're going to be looking at an animated feature, Planet Hulk. So we're definitely going to spoil that. But there's a chance that we're going to spoil a little bit of Thor Ragnarok as well. So if you don't want to be spoiled by either of those two, hit that pause button, give them a watch. Uh, Thor Ragnarok definitely and then come back and give us another listen That's tough. so Chris how's how's it been you've been doing all the editing you've, you've been doing everything haven't you so uh, you've been learning a bit of, of the editing side of it yeah because obviously this is uh, the comics podcast is more well produced than obviously you do it most of the time there we have done 99% Debatable. of the time yeah well <laughs> no but it is because it's in my mind I just cut and paste uh, you know the actual audio and then just go go with there try and remember if i've made a mistake somewhere and edit it out but it's been good it's been good it's been good sort of um not overproducing it but just getting everything together and, and i've had a couple of different guests on as well which have been good jamie uh we had matt on again uh we had dr alexander Sargent as well which which i'd said to you obviously we spoke privately he wants us to do a bit of a crossover podcast for both of us where they review because he's colleague Chris who does the podcast with me actually uh, as part of his university lectures a lot of his subject matter is the Marvel films and comics so yeah so something like this week would have probably been ideal wouldn't it <laughs> could have been a little bit more organized you know doing a, a fantasy animated feature would be right right in their sweet spot I imagine yeah. but I'm sure we'll do another one you know it, Again, one of the reasons I wanted to do Planet Hulk, I, I know you love the Hulk as a character. Yeah. Uh, while I was on holiday, you were uh, you did a, a couple of animated features, so like Hulk versus Thor, Hulk versus Wolverine. Um, and I thought it'd be interesting to look at this one. And also, it's one of the most faithful adaptions that I'm aware of to the, from the page to the, to the screen. So a, a lot of things are... are played around with um but for a few different reasons and and i know you love thor ragnarok as well and a lot of what was out of this story arc uh, ended up in that movie too yeah yeah it's good good uh, choice this week dave for your comeback show so um yeah i've literally only just finished watching it in the last half hour as well so i'm fresh off the press they usually have it running in the background but i won't need this one running in the background today so I'll be asking you all the different names then. <laughs> I don't go that far, Dave. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm going to struggle there a bit with all the different names, but uh, we'll we'll see how we go. 
<laughs> now, Dave, obviously something that you dropped into the show notes and something we can't ignore is what the heck a DC doing with Superman? It's crazy, isn't it? So I, I don't quite know what's going on there. So there's all these rumours. And, and to be fair, I think the, the rumours have gone on for a little while now, haven't they, that they're going to replace Henry Cavill. Um, I did see just before we logged on that uh, there's a big push for Nick Cage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's that's an ironic thing. I'm I'm pretty sure. I know he was he was in the running for it years and years ago, but uh, I'm not sure any of us really wants to see that. Um, But yeah, and I think it it seemed to really come to a head yesterday, where it it seemed that well, okay, he looks like he's gone. But then I I haven't seen anything official, so it all seems to be the rumor mill still. Yeah, I know a, couple, uh, a lady came out who's one of the main head honchos over at Warner actually said, you know, he hasn't gone anywhere. He's just put his cape away for a while. So obviously he's just got a role in a computer game adaption, a massive computer game for Netflix called uh, The Witcher, which is a huge show. Mm-hmm. He's, he's got like the guy, the main character is like a grey long hair. It's all set in like a medieval, you know, separate world and stuff. So how they're going to adapt that, whether it's it, it might adapt into a Game of Thrones type, um, production, but he was he's wanting to put, been wanting to play that part for a long time because it's been pitched for a few years now. And then on like The Witcher Three, which was one of the best reviewed games uh, of the last few years. So whether that's why and and this Netflix thing might take off, I'm not sure, Dave. But for me, he has been the closest thing we've got to Christopher Reeve. I you know I love Superman, my favourite superhero, and I don't think there's anyone else at the moment out there who could do it justice. I mean, I saw someone say about Michael B. Jordan, which obviously we're taking a slightly different direction, and he was great in the Black Panther, uh, but I'm not sure how they'll do that, how this story arc, would would it start again? You know, with with the Batman stuff with Ben Affleck, I don't know. You can only tell that story so many times. Yeah, it's it's all very strange, isn't it? I mean, I, I'd be surprised if Cavill himself was going to ditch super, the Superman gig for for Witcher, as as big as it is in the gaming world. Um, so I, I I just don't get it, and I agree. I I think we spoke way back in episodes one and two, didn't we? About you know Superman one and two, and I don't think he quite has that duality that Christopher Reeve had. You know, he, he when he's Clark Kent. You know, you can still see he's a really handsome dude with a chiseled, chiseled jaw, isn't he? Yeah. Um, whereas somehow Reeve managed to hunch over and, and make himself look a bit more timid, didn't he? But but in terms of when he's got that Superman suit on, you know, okay, there's no one who looks better. And I know there's been a lot of people who don't like, you know, this incarnation of, of Superman. But to me, that's more about the stories and, and the scripts. Uh, rather than anything specific that that Cavill's done, so I, I think it, it'd be a mistake myself. I'm with you. I absolutely love Man of Steel. It's just a shame, as we've, we mentioned this before. I mentioned this with Jamie a few weeks ago. You know, uh, Batman v Superman and the Justice League haven't lived up to the hype. I've enjoyed them, but mainly from a fanboy enjoyment. For the actual story in that, it's pretty poor, really. But yeah, it, and I agree. I don't think it's him. I think he's a great Superman. He's got that empathy that. Uh, that touch of guilt that Superman has, that tortured soul, but he's an overall nice guy. And I, th- I think that's how Superman needs to be portrayed. Christopher Reeve set the benchmark. And like you say, Christopher Reeve, even down to, I mentioned this obviously in the first couple of episodes, even down to having his 
hair parted on the other side. I mean, that isn't him. That's obviously a continuity thing. Whether he was involved in that, I'm not sure. But you are correct. The stature thing, I mentioned it Superman 2 when he reveals to Lois about his identity in, you know, when they're in Niagara Falls and that, the way he just all of a sudden turns and stands up, he seems to grow a couple of inches and it's as if, you know, because as an example, Dave, the nearest thing I could think of is Superman. He's a cartoon we probably both watched as a kid. Is He-Man. Now, if it's anyone out there, He-Man, we're probably going to review that at some point, the film with Dolph Lundgren. We've got it on our list, haven't we? But yeah. the actual series, he was just Adam, Prince of Eternity. <laughs> yeah. And nothing changed other than his suit. His, his Venger, his, his friend, got bigger <laughs> and ended up with a mask. The, the, well, the, that thing, Battle Cat, ended up with a mask on, but, but He-Man didn't. He just was the same guy, but no one cottoned on. That he was he man, which makes no sense at all. Still had massive muscles, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> same haircut and everything. No glasses, even like you say. So, oh yeah, good old he man. <laughs> <laughs> the power of Eternia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shocking. But um, so, uh, who are we sponsored by, Chris? Do you want to do your spiel for this one? Of course, yeah. This week's episode, again, is sponsored by our good friends and collaborators, Studio. So if you get over to www.studio.com, uh, unfortunately, the competition has been won by Mr. Chris McLean. I did mention it last week. The headset is on its way, Chris. I have um, inboxed him, and he's going to give us a little mini-review, Dave, at some point of the headphones, and, and you know, he, he does. He is appreciative of the prize. But obviously, Chris... Uh, went on and reviewed the show, which is great for us. I'll segue all this in, Dave, I promise. Um, <laughs> and, um, That's all right. Chris went and reviewed it, gave us a five-star review, which was nice of him. And then we picked out at random the people who'd reviewed with it while the competition ran for them two weeks. So a massive thanks to people who got listening. We've had more viewers come through that, and a big thanks to Studio. And if you are interested in their products, because myself and Dave are rocking their headphones as we speak, uh, get onto the website, and if you put in code comics in motion podcast 15 and they had to remember that dave as in one five so comics in motion podcast 15 at checkout you'll get a further 15 percent of all the great products that will sound like an infomercial that dave didn't it yeah it's all right it's right right on the money so yep so we don't have another competition running at the moment but if you do like listening to the show i'd encourage you to get across to apple podcasts formerly known as iTunes or however you're listening to this podcast and give us a review. And that just helps us grow the show and get out, out to more listeners. Okay. So Chris, Planet Hulk. Um, I seem to in my little notes, I'm a bit out of practice here. So I, I seem to have, either it's me who's copy and pasted over my comic background notes or it's you. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm looking at where I usually make my notes. Um <laughs> It's empty. So. <laughs> I just realised myself it's gone. No, I'm not saying that it's you, but right <laughs> where it used to be, uh, your edits. <laughs> what a comeback, Dave. <laughs> so, so let, let, well, okay, so, so this one is really quite easy. So basically this planet hulk storyline so so we all know that hulk debuted in hulk number one back in the back in the 60s so i don't need to touch on that this adaptation is pretty much straight from the pages of the incredible hulk and it went from episode 
episode it went from issue 92 through to 105 and there's also uh in with that you've got giant size hulk number one now there's a few uh other comics and stuff before that as well um there's a, a run for the illuminati and basically i'll speak about the illuminati in a second but basically this came from an idea by the editor-in-chief at the time, Joe Casada, who approached uh, a chap called Greg Pack, who was writing The Incredible Hulk at the time. And basically the, the brief was, you know, let's just let's send the Hulk off into space, you know, fight some people off in space. Now, around about this time, we were just approaching the time when we were going to have the Civil War. So what, what we saw in Captain America 3, Civil War, you, you had that replicated in the comics but with uh, just a lot more characters now if you've got a, a character like hulk whoever side he's on it's it's a bit of a mismatch isn't it so i i think probably what joe casado was thinking is well let's jettison off the hulk thor was out the picture he, he was going through a period of being dead for a while um and so those guys were out the picture and then you could kind of have the civil war so before this happened, uh, they had to get the Hulk off the planet, I think. So Greg Pack took that basic brief and came up with this whole idea and created this whole world and all these different uh, uh, factions on this planet called Sakaar. So he'd created the whole story, but quite impressively as well, he'd reached right back into... Um, into Marvel history, you know, to grab out some species that uh, that we'll talk about as we go through our review. So, I mean, in terms of recommended reading, it, it's really easy. Uh, you can either pick it up at single issues, so 92 to 105, but I'd probably recommend picking up that trade paperback. Uh, it's, it's a really good read. And that's the comic background. So, Chris, any movie background? Couple of things standing out, Dave. Obviously, it came out 14th of Jan 2010. The original screenings were all at the New York Comic Con around that time. It sort of co co coincided and segued in with this new sort of Marvel uh, animated universe that we've mentioned in the past and some of the other comics. Um, the actual panel was sort of viewed by former editor Marvel in chief Joe Quisada, is it? The Hulk editor on this one's uh, Mark Panisha as well. So sorry, sorry, I had myself on I had yes. myself on mute there. So it, it's pronounced Cursada. So Cursada. as if it's like a, as if it's spelled with a K, but it is spelled with a Q, isn't it? So it looks like Quersada, but it is Cursada. Yeah, that's it, Cursada. Very well. Um, so um, they all sort of greenlit this project. They wanted some, as you mentioned before, Dave. That was as close to the panel as possible, which obviously doesn't happen very often. It come out as a, it was a PG rated film, which I find quite unusual having watched it because yeah, it is. A, I suppose it is, but there's a lot of gore and knife sort of work in the stabbing. There's there's a lot of obliteration stuff in cartoons, which we mentioned on Hulk v Wolverine was one of the first ones I've seen properly where they had that sort of edge to it, which wouldn't make it a Saturday morning uh, TV uh, cartoon. I I I'd have I didn't look, um, but I'd have thought it was a twelve. Yeah, for, for that exact same reason. Yeah, yeah, it says TVPG, which I find quite interesting. Um, in well, there's a, I suppose with these things, it's quite difficult actually to 
find a lot of information out regarding the production, but they were all happy with the way it went. They're happy with the way it was produced and everything, and, and the actual end product, Marvel Animation, with uh, Eric Rollman was actually uh, praised the production of the actual product. Uh, IMDb is at 6.8 out of 10. But what I find quite interesting is Rotten Tomatoes, they've actually got it at 55%. So I went on looking at some of the reviews, and again, it was very, very mixed, Dave, which, mm-hmm. considering the actual comic creators were on board, and usually when the comic creators are not on board, it's very hard to sort of translate that or feel like the, the actual visual representation of their work is up to scratch. You usually find it afterwards, don't you? They'll come out and say, like, you know, it's it's not what we expected or it just didn't mm-hmm. hit the right notes. But genuinely, it was well-received within the comic world. All the people behind the actual panels were, were in praise of it, but the reviews were very, very mixed on it. Uh, one thing I do want to know, Dave, about the whole thing, and we'll get into this, obviously, as part of the review, because it's what I want to bring up is, well, the Hulk wasn't voiced by Fred Tassascore, who who is the guy who is the Hulk over all these... Uh, comic book adaptions in the Hulk v Wolverine, um, Hulk v4, going back or across the Marvel thing, he was always the Incredible Hulk. Now, I can actually segue something in here, Dave. When we went to see Nolan North for Comic-Con and we added the press conference with him, he actually mentions people say to him, like, you're you're always going to be a certain character, like he's Deadpool in that uh, Hulk v Wolverine, mm-hmm. or he's always going to be in the gaming world. Last of Us or something? No, The Last of Us. No, sorry, it's Nathan Drake. He's always going to be Nathan Drake out of the Uncharted series, always. Mm-hmm. Even though he's got a showreel of, of different things he's done, he's always going to be Nathan Drake because that's like his biggest work uh, for over anything in the computer game or comic book era. And someone asked him a question about would he play a like the Hulk or would he play another character? And he mentions his friend Tassasco and says to him, there's nobody can play the Hulk. He said, I can do a good impression of him. He said, but he is the Hulk, as I am Nathan Drake. People can imitate me, but that's my niche. And, and mm-hmm. to this one, they've used a guy called Rick D. Wasserman, which I was looking on his Wikipedia. Again, he's like Nolan North and that Fred Tassasco. He's got a, a, an absolute showreel, as long as your arm, of uh, TV, films, animated work, uh, he specialises in animated and computer games. And this guy is he, a totally different Hulk. And I know this come out, I think it was only a year after the Hulk V4 or Hulk V Wolverine yeah. series that's released. And I find it quite interesting they've gone in that direction, which is something I'll bring on to, obviously, in the um, in the review in a sec. But yeah, that, that's it really for um, movie stuff, Dave. That's cool. And and uh, what I find interesting as well, so this came out, uh, it was direct-to-video or direct-to-DVD in 2010. And to be honest, at the moment in the, in the cinematic world, I, I think it's broadly accepted, isn't it, that Marvel are head and shoulders above what DC and Warner Brothers are doing. I'm sure there's going to be DC and Warner Brothers enthusiasts and, and evangelists out there who who'll disagree but broadly speaking that that's that's what we think at the moment but in the animated space i think dc are still probably uh they put out the better product now around about this time like you say i think it was the year before when they brought out the hulk versus uh they brought out planet hulk in 2010 this was you know, we have to think Iron Man came out in 2008, so just two years before, and that was the start of, of 
where we are now in the cinematic world. But I don't think anyone, even the most enthusiastic, positive person, would really think there's a high probability that they'd managed to successfully knit together all of these different properties and and storylines and everything to to come together to what what we saw as Avengers Infinity War earlier this year. So it seems to be that they had a go at the animated stuff, but then they're not really it's not their priority at the minute because they're killing it with the movies. They're probably just not as interested in the animated space and and so that i think they've probably taken their eye off the ball there in trying to get to the front there as well and that's why dc are still, and warner brothers are still just that bit better yeah and i think i think as well dave like i must admit going through that sort of the 90s as i was a teenager growing up and stuff most of the dc stuff other than the x-men series from the early 90s which was on uh, ITV, obviously, in the UK, one of the mm-hmm. channels there. It was always Batman, obviously, the, the series with Mark Hamill's The Joker, you know, uh, Harley Quinn. You know, that, that was yeah, always the on an- the Superman. They were really the animated good. series, yeah. yeah. Yeah, really good animated stuff. And they were always synonymous uh, for, for a UK TV. It was very rare you actually got Marvel stuff because the Spider-Man stuff I absolutely loved, but they were stuff I used to get on video. And it'd be on telly years ago, the 50s stuff, the animated stuff I've mentioned before. I love all that like um, stuff about what Marvel did then, but that was obviously mm-hmm. original. Whereas coming later on, DC is just well, as I say, taking names, David. So it's <laughs> so much better. Yeah, so we'll have to do we'll have to do uh, a DC animated property at some point. I quite like the Killing Joke, so yeah. maybe maybe we could look at something like that. It's quite a nice self-contained story, and a little bit like this, I I, I think it's more or less there's going to be some deviations but it's more or less what's what's written on the page as i understand I, i've not seen it yet so yeah good we'll do that at some point okay cool so should we get into our review then let's go for it So we start off, don't we, from the Hulk's perspective. He's obviously in this spacecraft and you get uh, Iron Man sort of giving him this little speech. Now, can I just ask you, did you recognize all of the different people who were who were in that hologram speaking to the Hulk? No, no. So I mentioned the word Illuminati before. So basically they, and it's it's been through a few different, incarnations it, it came together but around about a, a little bit before this time before it was released in the in the books this idea that you basically had iron man reed richards dr strange charles xavier and black bolt uh, and i think black panther as well uh, was in it so they all formed in the comic books this illuminati so they'd get together in secret and then they'd be making some of the bigger decisions. And it was quite, I quite liked it as a cool concept, you know, and, uh, you know, you tend to think of these heroes as operating mostly on their own, or, you know, if they're with the Avengers, they're all pulling in one direction. But here you had this, you know, heroes behaving in this secretive uh, Illuminati kind of thing. And what had happened, they don't talk about this, but in the books, in the lead up to this story arc, uh hulk had been on the rampage in las vegas 
So he basically leveled the place and, you know, the Illuminati all get together and they decide, look, he's, he's just too too much of a loose cannon. We, we're going to have to send him away. And oh, so right. that, that was what led us up to that point. But obviously we just get thrown in there in the, in the movie, don't we? It's straight in there. And I, I guess it kind of makes sense as well, doesn't it? You know, because you could say, well, Hulk's quite often smashed up stuff. He, even in the cinematic universe, you know, he goes a bit, goes a bit nuts sometimes, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm a, sorry, Dave, go on. Sorry. But yeah, yeah. So, so just to give that additional context there, they, they'd specifically had this event where he, he trashed Vegas, basically. Dave, I can't have that. I'm going there in about 60 odd days. I can't have any yeah. interest in my Well, luckily it is animated. So, <laughs> so the real one's still standing. But uh... <laughs> yeah, because obviously, you know, it's all new to me watching these from a, a reviewing side. And obviously, it's new for yourself as well, reviewing um, the animated stuff. Uh-huh. Other than being a fan when we've watched them. Um, and I think isn't this your debut, Dave, on an animated one. Say again, sorry. Isn't this your debut review on an animated? It one? is, yeah, yeah. Because the 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 Hulk versus ones, uh, you you did both of those with Matt, so that that was another reason just to uh, to throw this one in. No, it was, it was good. I mean, it starts off quite well. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I was quite interested, thinking, no, I, I, I like this. It had that sort of Hulk v Wolverine vibe about it, where it, it seemed a bit more well-produced than the Hulk V4, which was just a bit of a mm-hmm. mishmash to me. And obviously myself and Matt give it really badly uh, bad scores. But I've got to say, Dave, the reason I mentioned about the actor is this, I'm not happy about the Hulk speaking. I know we have the Hulk incarnations where he's like a, a hybrid, isn't he? And that's what they're trying to say in the new Avengers 4, that because Hulk has this inner turmoil with uh, Dr. Banner and stuff, and you've mentioned this yourself, that he ends up being a hybrid dunny of Bruce and the whole the whole strength, a bit like um, what's he called? Uh, Hank out of X Men, um, the Beast. You know when he becomes a hybrid. Hank McCoy. Hank McCoy, and yeah. he's a, and that's obviously something in the comics. Is there? It's not something I've ever come across as obviously not a comic uh, book fan, as we all know. But I'm not happy with this guy who's playing the Hulk. He sounded too much like Wolverine out the Hulk v Wolverine, and that it absolutely takes me away. Throughout the whole cartoon, I've got to say I'm not happy that he speaks so well. Yeah, he does, and it it, it does jump out that bit, doesn't it? And and actually, um, when he gets down to to the planet, so I'll ju- jump ahead a little bit, and then we'll we'll come back. But they uh, there's a line there that uh, something like the talk bots or nanobots or or something have got to your brain, so you can understand me. I thought, well, I guess you could explain that's why the Hulk is is speaking there. But then later on, he doesn't have, you know, this little um, device that controls him uh, anymore, and he can still speak. And yeah. and it seems, I I think you you could, if a fully up to strength Hulk would not be taken down even by that amount of of people. So. Yeah, that obedience disc. That, that was what the words I was searching for before, and that's that's again. They just took that idea with Thor Ragnarok, didn't they? Just straight yeah. straight out of this story. It's just a, a kind of inhibitor, and and then just keeps him keeps him obedient. And I think as well, Dave, because you'd mentioned this to me before we did the review, the similarities as we as you said before about spoiling Thor Ragnarok is 
it's it's amazing, isn't it? How as someone who's read obviously the comics and stuff, how much because I like Full Ragnarok, you know that. I, I think it's it's up there. It's not as good as Infinity War, but it's not far behind. And I absolutely love it. I got the humor, I got everything, and obviously that's a lot down to the visuals, the directing, the writing. It shows, I think, watching this, obviously, if this is pretty close to the panels in the comics, yeah, they've taken stuff out, but also how much they change and manipulate to make it into more of an interesting story, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I think it's really... So So let's go off tangent for a little bit, because, again, with this being the closest adaptation you know, and a lot of people say, oh, such and such things change from the books. And, you know, I think when the the trick, I think, when, when they bring this stuff to screen, and I think at the moment Marvel seemed to get it right more often than not, is taking the essence of the character and the essence of the story, but adapting it and changing it where it needs to be changed. Now, the difference between this and Thor Ragnarok. This is very, very serious. And Thor Ragnarok was not. You know, it's yeah. it's more lighthearted. And you've also got the whole Thor story. You know, it's it's more from Thor's perspective than Hulk's perspective. So this was just like a a part of that story. So so there's more layers in there as well. But the thing that that occurred to me was when I I, I quite like the the uh, Planet Hulk arc in the books and I, and I do recommend you know people should go and pick that up because it is a really good read it feels different though when you're reading a comic book the pacing a lot of it is down to the writer and the and the panels and whatever but a lot of it is just yourself you know how you immerse yourself in that and so you're mentally you're working out your own pacing to a certain extent when it's brought to the screen between the director and I'd say the editor those are the guys who determine what the pacing is. And I think this this whole movie could have been at least 20 minutes shorter and it wouldn't have felt so slow because I, I just felt that, you know, I enjoyed it, but I do think it, it suffered from uh, quite a slow pace a lot of the times. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I thought that, obviously, I haven't got the comic to base it on, but there's a few... Bits which I find quite interesting, Dave, for an actual animated movie, that they do try and put a lot of dialogue in. And as I said, as I've said before, with certain characters, the Hulk's character, he's very he's supposed to be a beast, and he's like an absolute animal, a, mm -hmm. a, a hybrid person. So he's obviously not supposed to have an articulate conversation, but the way things are set out and explained to the Hulk. You know, the Hulk's just used to going, Hulk, smash, and that's it. It just goes crazy, or he might say the odd thing in a film. But it's like you say, we're not used to more than a couple of lines of him, if that. Some films, he doesn't speak at all, does he? You know, the, the original Avengers, he, he literally, you know, he says puny God when he takes yeah. out Loki. And that's it. Even the, the Ed Norton one, he says Hulk, smash at the end, and that's it. In the cartoons from the 50s, it was, you say, Betty, and that was it, because of Betty Ross. But... Mm -hmm. In this, I, I am struggling so much. And I, I, and it's good that they're setting the story out and there's being true to the panels. But I also think, like you've just said, you're totally right. Your imagination is not taken away as much as it should be, I think. Yeah. You're not, you're yeah. not sort of thinking, what if in the gaps in between the scenes or as the scenes play out, they're pretty much just 
it's like a, a child, I suppose. They're telling you how it is, like a kid's book, I think, in some respects. And I don't know, yeah. I don't know whether I don't think it's come across very well, but that's from an amateur point of view, as someone who's not watched hundreds of these animated uh, adaptions. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think I've watched hundreds of them either. Well, I probably have, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, another point at which it deviates, and I, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to call out every single one, but in the book, you know, he pretty much he, he's taken in, you know, uh, and given this obedience disc, brought, you know, he's going to be a slave, and then thrown into the gladiator pit straight away, pretty much. Whereas this this next bit in the movie here, that's where he meets all of his uh, fellow prisoners, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and and you know they have a bit of dialogue there, and he's he's you know the reluctant hero. He doesn't want to know. He just wants to be left alone. So again, for me, that in the in the DVD version, in the animated version, it all just slows down a bit. Whereas in the book, he's you know he's captured. Has a bit of a fight, but it's taken down, and then he's thrown into the gladiator pits. So it it just felt like it moved uh, a little bit quicker than it than it did in the animated version. There, yeah, yeah, and we one note of the people he obviously meets. I'm not really bothered about any of the others, if I'm being completely honest. I can't remember the names. We were laughing about this, but yeah, can't, but he's called now. Obviously, in exactly what you said, Ragnarok is is such a fun and tongue in cheek. You know, almost fourth breaking the fourth wall down at times, isn't it? The way they approach the film, yeah. even down to things like Jeff Goldblum, his character is absolutely hammed up to the max. Even though he's supposed to be a baddie, you just don't actually hate him. But this version of Korg is obviously the original one before the film, and supposed to be following on from the comics. He's just a standard. Well, he's, he's basically the thing, isn't he? A thinner version of the thing, really. He's, he's yeah. Not, and that's all he looks like. I thought it was Ben Richards. He's calling him a thing. I got that, Dave. Yeah. I, is that right? Ben Grimm. Ben, Reed Richards. Reed close. Richards. Close, <laughs> close. Yeah, close. But but he, he just looked like that. So I didn't really buy it, if I'm being honest. And, um, yeah, I kept thinking, I'm sure that's the one. Because he's a brilliant character, Ragnarok. Obviously, it's so funny. And the one-liners are fantastic, yeah. aren't they? <laughs> Lovely. You know, Thor's reminiscing about losing Mjolnir. And he's saying, you know, I, I'd swing my hammer and it it would pull me off. <laughs> what the hammer pulled you off? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sounds like you had a very intimate relationship with this hammer. <laughs> After that impression, he's definitely from South Africa. Yeah, yeah. Before we come on air, you know, but yeah. I'm going to have to go back and watch it. I, 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 my memory says South African, so uh, he is now. <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah, that was pretty good, that. I'll give you that. But yeah, they end up in a big brawl, don't they? And uh, Korg's brothers come out don't they and he approaches them a bit like and i think this is where we get this from the film don't they where four says oh you know the hulk comes out done and the hulk's still under a bit of a, a spell in it and he comes out and goes oh it's you know there's that that line that chris hemworth says he's um oh he's i know this guy from work don't he yeah, yeah. and well, i think that's what it was i think well so they get thrown into the pits don't they i, I yeah. actually think where beta ray bill comes into it later it's more like that where it's segued in because if you think this is this is Hulk's debut in the Gladiator yeah. Pits, isn't it? Along with his fellow prisoners, and I'll come back to Korg again in a minute because he's one of these characters that's reached right back into the sixties. 
you know, so he, he is a bit of a, a copy, I guess, off off the the thing from the Fantastic Four. But you know, they didn't just create him for this uh, this story, which, which I thought was pretty cool. So basically, like I say, they they get thrown into the gladiator pits. Um, they try and get Hulk to join him with the their cause, you know, join the resistance and what have you, but. Hulk's having none of it and just, you know, all this fighting's going on. He's just trying to walk off and, and get out the door. And this other chap, uh, Lavin Ski, who's a who's one of the natives, ends up getting killed, doesn't he, in the in yeah. the battle. And that really prompts the Hulk to kind of join in in with the fight. And so uh in his debut there, he shows that he's pretty handy. And as I imagine it was in the old gladiator pits, you know, someone who's who's a pretty good fighter would go down a, a crowd favorite. But uh, he tries to take out the Red King. Now, I think in, in Thor Ragnarok, the, the Jeff Goldblum character, wasn't it? The, the Grand Master? Yeah. So, again, they've just changed it. But essentially, in, in the original story, he's down as the Red King. I, I think for the tone of character, I, I think the Grandmaster was a better fit for, for Thor Ragnarok. But, you know, Hulk is still pretty weakened, um, but ends up getting taken down by Sakira. I, th- I think it's pronounced Sakira. Yeah. yeah not not Shakira. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sure it's Sakira or so, something like that. And um, so she's obviously, you know, doesn't look a lot to her, but she's obviously pretty handy. She's just single-handedly taken down the Hulk, and and she's like the 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 right hand man, right hand woman of, of the Red King, isn't she? So yeah. he looks like he, the Red King is gonna kill the Hulk, but then because he's such a crowd favorite, you know, he he says, oh, "I'll spare him," you know, but just for now, you know, I'll kill him later, kind of thing. But he can't be seen to, you know kill him when the crowd obviously love him so i think where we join in with thor ragnarok he's already a crowd favorite isn't he because people have got their little thor yeah. masks on and and stuff like that what what did you think of that whole we, we skipped over the whole fight scene but actually the these gladiator pits pieces i i think are some of my favorite bits i think they all go on a bit too long uh, but what what did you think of those, Chris? I, I liked it. the initial gladiator bit. I liked. So I had a bit of a problem with the Hulk just pushing the door while everyone was fighting, and we got we got too many flashovers to the or flash not flashbacks, but sort of pans to the Hulk's face as he's being told that the fight and that sort of ant things next to him in it and saying like you know they, they need you sort of thing. Yeah. And he's pushing the door, but it didn't really make any sense, and it. it He's just pushing and pushing the door. Nothing's actually happening to the door. There's a bit of tension shown on the animation. And it's like, all right, I get it. He's just trying to walk away. He's doing the old classic, you know, Bruce Lee tactic. In, I don't know if you've seen the big boss, but it's like, I don't want to fight. I don't want yeah, to fight. Oh, yeah. go on then, I will fight. And it went on and on and on, but he didn't build any suspense like you're going to go, oh, he's going to go crazy now. It just, because the Hulk could talk, it just lost a bit of what it was. And then obviously the next fight as well which comes straight after that he's, he's carrying a sword and everything and i'm like you know he's, he's got his uh russell crow outfit going down then and i'm like no I, I didn't i like the action i like the fights and i think the cork thing with his brothers was a good bit of uh it's a bit of a, a subplot as well you know because yeah. like, see my family and then obviously that guy gets killed as you said and and they're sort of around his body aren't he? he's mummified and talking but I don't buy it, Dave, because of the Hulk, because obviously I have no connection to the comics. I, I, I can't 
see the Hulk, and I agree with you, you could have had any Marvel character in this film, other than the Hulk, if I'm being completely honest. And I know that's a knock to the comics, because it probably makes more sense in the comics, but for me, I am not invested in what the Hulk is about in this uh, cartoon at all. Yeah, so uh, there were a few things, actually, and again, I'd never thought of this before, but on this latest rewatch, where I thought Game of Thrones. Yeah. And and the reason I was thinking that is you're launched into this story. Okay, you know the Hulk, and you've got all these other alien species that you know, you're supposed to care about, but you don't really. And, and I thought, well, imagine if you were watching Game of Thrones and you just dropped in in this, you know, you saw all oh, my mates are watching it. So I'll just, I'll just start from series seven. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, you start watching it and try and pick it up. And you're like, well, all these people who stuff's happening to, I, I don't really care about. Whereas, you know, if you've been watching it from the start, you know all of these different characters, their good bits, their bad bits, you know, you know their interactions and they refer back to them. The characters mean a lot more to you. Whereas I, I think a, a lot of the stuff that was happening, like you say, Korg and his brothers, it, it was difficult to really feel bad about any of it. And even when, you know, Lavinsky got was killed, you know, it's like, well, I've only just met him. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's like a Star Trek red shirt kind of thing. There, there was the android who definitely was a Star Trek red shirt, you know, who just who just got killed off. So yeah, it's it was all a bit all a bit strange. But um yeah, in the in the second fight they they fight the wild bots, don't they? And yeah. and again Holt just without too much trouble just takes out the uh there's the individual wild bots and then there's this super wild bot type thing and, and Hulk just takes that out pretty easily as well and you know again cements him as that crowd favourite. Yeah, and I think as well, Dave, I don't think I don't I don't think you even need at any point watching this, I don't think you're even thinking the Hulk's gonna get a beating off someone, really. Because no, not at all. When it comes to robots and that, as a sort of cartoon fan going back years, obviously, as a kid, whenever a robot comes onto the scene against a Superman, a Hulk, you know, whoever um, whoever there was, obviously probably a Batman and stuff like FC's human, but the, you know that pretty much that robot's getting squashed and there's going to be a load of electrics and a load of these guts flying somewhere or whatever, you know, he's in a working yeah. And as soon as they come on the screen, I thought, yeah, Holt's just taking these knife <laughs> complete. And when he went inside it, I thought, yeah, well, he's just going to kill it from the inside, which is exactly what he did, didn't he? You know, because yeah. it was a nice little line, actually, from the Red King. He's like, you know, so much for your hero or whatever it was. And then he just, he just absolutely, all oh, the next minute, you knew he was going to burst out and just uh, kill it from the inside, which he did. And that was quite good. No, I'm not hating on it as in, I, I didn't hate what I've seen so far, but I wasn't like absolutely invested in thinking this is the best thing I've ever seen. It was just a standard, at the moment, we're probably about half an hour, 40 minutes in. It's a standard cartoon, really, isn't it? Superhero cartoon. He's faced a bit of adversity. There's, there's too much plodding with the story, but yeah. you know what I mean? And I think maybe, Dave, as well, to be fair, because I know for Ragnarok, and this has got so many things that were adapted for it, I'm just looking for that, which might be a wrong way to review it, but I'm looking for little nods and stuff to actually what we see, you know, six, seven years later in Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, and again, it's it's interesting because I'd, I'd seen this before, 
obviously read it before I got to Thor Ragnarok. And actually, you know, talk about spoilers. I, I wish they hadn't have shown the Hulk in uh, in the trailers, to be honest, because if if that would have if I'd have gone into Thor Ragnarok not knowing that the Hulk was in it and they were going to do this whole Sakaar uh, storyline, oh, I'd, I'd have been beside myself, to be honest. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, no, it's it's just interesting, isn't it, coming at it from these these different angles. But what what I was going to say because it, so yeah, there's never really any jeopardy, is there, with, with those first couple of fights, but. Um, Korg actually goes to talk about, he, he imprisons Thor, doesn't he? He's telling this story. And, you know, we're hearing the words as he's telling the story. We're, we're seeing the flashback as well. Yeah. And uh, that goes right back to Thor's debut. So he was attacked by these these aliens, these rock creatures, in Journey into Mystery 83. And so it was that whole storyline. But obviously in there, they were the villains and Thor was the hero. Whereas as he's telling the story, you know, he's talking about this uh, this other alien, and and for the for the DVD version, you've obviously you've got his mate Beta Ray Bill there, who's a Thor type of character, but he wasn't in the comics. But I just thought that was interesting that you know Greg Packers reached right back to Thor's debut to actually uh, to bring in a character. He wasn't named as Korg in this. They they were just random aliens kind of thing but uh i, I thought that was a really good reach by uh yeah. by the writer there i've got to say though dave beta ray bill beta ray bill what yeah is that name all about <laughs> well, right, name. We'll, we'll go into him possibly a little bit more when we get to uh when we get to his bit but uh, I mean, just before that third, and, and we probably should have mentioned as well, didn't we? So if they win three of their gladiatorial fights, they get their freedom. Yeah. Um, so they've won two now. Uh, they're going to go into the third one. Uh, but before that actually happens, uh, Sakira goes to the Hulk and she's, she's saying, you know, you're, you're clearly a cloud, crowd favorite. Um but, you know, if the crowd end up turning on the Red King, that's really not going to end up in a good place. And she thinks he's he's essentially saved the people. And she's telling the story about how he rescued her from this, this spike infestation, which basically, you know, it seems to infect people and turn them into, you know, brutish zombies kind of thing, doesn't it? Yeah. But and so, you know, she basically says, you know, you 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 should escape, you know, become part of the resistance, and then and then we'll all be happy. The status quo will carry on. But uh, but Hulk's having none of it. But one of his one of his warbound pact, uh, you know, his gladiatorial buddies, uh, Eloi, you know, she decides she is going to leave, which may become relevant later. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler, Denton. A heavy dose of foreshadowing, as uh, as people would say. So, so, um, so yeah. Then we get to the third and final fight, which is against Beta Ray Bill. Now, in the comics, this was um, the Silver Surfer. Ah, right. Okay. But I don't think they had. Full, I don't fully understand all the the rights for the animated stuff. But I don't believe they they've got the rights to to use the silver surfer uh, and so right, that's why okay. you know they've substituted in for the dvd beta ray bill now 
What's interesting is, obviously for Thor Ragnarok, Thor is playing that role, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I just wonder, you know, what what influence what you know when they? I can't imagine in two thousand nine, two thousand ten, when they were putting together this stuff, that they were thinking, oh yeah, one day you know we'll have we'll have Thor, you know, and they'll kind of envisage what it will be for for Thor Ragnarok. So I just wonder if that creative choice of choosing Beta Ray Bill who's basically like he's, he is an alien but he's got all the Thor gear on and everything I, I just wonder if that made someone somewhere think oh yeah well we could have Thor and we could do a whole Planet Hulk storyline yeah yeah maybe a fan fanboy type thing because false popularity was unheard of until I mean the first film come out and I wasn't too sure about the actual, you know, Chris Hems before the actual thi- the film, but I absolutely love it, the first one. Yeah. His, pop- yeah. his popularity and the daft, over-the-top English accent he puts on is fantastic. And I think it may be because of him, the secret of his own success, because it, it could be just something. It's like, we've got to get him in there, you know, because he's just popular. Maybe on the test screenings, when he's on screen, he might be one of the most popular characters, which yeah, I think he yeah, is, yeah. if being honest. Yeah. But, yeah. And and I think to be honest, Thor's popularity has just gone through the roof with the probably more so because of the Avengers movies and then Thor Ragnarok. I, I'm with you. I, I I really like the first and the second Thors. Where whereas you know I know a lot of people don't like those, um, but yeah, yeah. I, th- I think with Thor Ragnarok, it, they just struck a different tone, didn't they, and decided yeah. to go more down the the comedy route. Yeah. But yeah. So so Beta Ray Bill then. So just. To, to go over him very quickly. So he appeared in Mighty Thor 337 uh, in the early 80s, uh, uh, 1983. So he he's basically an alien. Uh, he kind of face looks like a horse, but he, he was able to wield uh, Mjolnir. And they, they did. So, so, you know, whoever uh, is able to do that is obviously worthy. So you know he he was obviously a good-hearted chap and uh, and he could w- wield the hammer. He ended up getting his own uh, hammer though. So he, this thing's called Stormbreaker. Now again, the yeah. way it's animated, that's that's what you see there. You see it's the, this kind of golden um, hammer. It's not like Mjolnir at all. So uh, again, they don't call that out. It's just there it is. You know, and uh, I, I did wonder. You know, again, not knowing this Peter Ray Bill character, what what it was you you were thinking? <laughs> like, is this a deformed Thor or something like that? <laughs> what, what were we actually thinking when he appeared on the screen? Um, it's just like a horse. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It looked out of place there. I know that sounds ridiculous because you've got these aliens and these you know rock men and everything, but I, I don't know. It, it it just looked weird. Obviously, I I had no reference to the character from the comics is not you know as i've said many a time as pete said oh but i have never read them so I, i've never seen this guy it just yeah. looked like they'd had some sort of um they'd made four in the laboratory and done a bit of a danny devito in twins obviously <laughs> he's the same height as him and yeah. the, the off cuts they went yeah we'll just see what we can put together but i, I didn't he looked out of place if i'm being honest dave i might have been more believable if he was fighting for if i'm being completely honest but we've already done hulk v4 so you can't do that again can you so i i guess so and uh, i 
I don't know. Um, now I I'd known the character, so so I was reading quite a bit when uh, when he was created. So and and I I don't remember specifically reading him, but but I just knew of the character in and around that time in the early eighties. So, uh, but yeah, just just someone who's not watching it, who didn't know him. I, I, I think, you know, he could probably, again, with that whole Game of Thrones parallel that I'm talking about, you know, you could probably do a whole bunch of series to lead you to this point, couldn't you, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I think as well, Dave, he's, you know, they, they fight, or he fights B-Ray Bill, and then we get this thing where the obedience disc, you know, gets destroyed, doesn't it? And then you can clearly see that B-Ray is... is you know, he's a good guy, basically, but the obedience disc again has sort of turned him and the Hulk absolutely just, as as he as he says, like, what are you going to laugh at? Well, it was, it was just, it, it wasn't played for laughs, but again, if you were looking for laughs, you know, because <laughs> yeah. he, he kind of, so the first obedience disc to get taken out is Beta Ray Bills, isn't yeah. it? And yeah. he sort of comes around then, so he's not being controlled anymore. You know, and he was like, you know, I'm free kind yeah. of thing. And then the Hulk <laughs> just absolutely gives him the pasting of his life. Yeah, oh, he levers him, but he and Corgan that have to stop him, don't they, from yeah. Yeah, yeah, killing yeah. him basically. You, you know, he is absolutely on his last legs, and um, you know, and then you know, Hulk comes to his senses and we get the, the whole thing where obviously the Red King comes out and they're like, we've won now. We've won, you know, stop it. We've won. We can go. We're free. Yeah. And you think, you know, I'm looking at the time on the on the, the, the DVD or the, the film. Sorry, I watched it on Daily Motion. I'm watching it online. And I'm looking at the time thinking, hang on a minute, we're only 43 minutes into this. I got the timing wrong before, by the way, if anyone's listening. Well, when I was saying about the, the second battle, but we're 43 minutes in. And I'm thinking, we've still got about half an hour left here. Well, this isn't going to end well, is it? They're not all going to ride off into the sunset and we have half an hour of them sat there like Thanos fishing or something in some <laughs> you know, dream world. But, you know, they, they then, the Red King says, you know, prove your loyalty to me as free uh, subjects and kill. Uh, and obviously, as you said, Dave, with the foreshadowing, um, oh, what's she called? The lower, is it? Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah she, she's, you know, they, they bring someone out under like a, a mask sort of thing and, and she's there covered in she then they pull it pull it off her head and it's like you have to kill her which we all know full well is not gonna go down like that is it so yeah yeah um so yeah they they uh and this is where bill kind of springs back to life isn't it and uh basically takes out everyone's obedience chips which which it looks like a lot of the guards and stuff had on as well so like everyone was being controlled and i guess in all that chaos they they do manage or the warbound pacts manage to escape and hulk just kind of goes on his own way yeah 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 which which you think he's gone then don't you yeah and i think to be honest you know again if it was you know a little 20 minute kind of animated piece you you could end it somewhere around here couldn't you but um but no, they he kind of goes off, and uh, the Warbound Pack they they head off towards this town, and basically Sakira is told by the Red King, you know, you go have to go off and kill the Hulk. Um, so she catches up with him, and and basically they have a, a fight, and you can see that she's more than a match for him, can't you? Yeah, yeah, she holds her own, doesn't she? There's no messing about. But there's not really a mention of why she can hold her own, though, Dave. 
I know in this world, the physicality, I know he's weaker, as you've mentioned, you are correct. You know, we, we do see the, the green blood in certain scenes, don't we, when mm -hmm. he gets into battles and that. So maybe that's what it is, his immune system's down or whatever. But is it really, do you know why she's so powerful? Is there, is there a reason for that? I'm not sure, but I mean, part of the whole, you know, spike infestation was the Red King thought, you know, he'd, he'd find someone who'd, who'd be his right hand, you know. So she's obviously impervious to all this kind of stuff and, and seems to be pretty indestructible. Yeah. You know, yeah. For, from everything, because we, we see a bit later as well uh, with the bomb going off, you know, it, just nothing can seem to, to harm her. So I, I don't know why but like say she was she was found as a young child and and she obviously had these gifts yeah yeah which we, we get to the next segment is obviously as you said the hulk and her fight and then as they're fighting she sees a spike ship don't she going to her town and then we get a flashback don't we of, of um well no sorry sarah says uh says to the Red King and asks him for help, and he basically reveals himself as the hooded claw dummy and says he's yeah. me all along, ha, 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 you know, because she's always relied on him as someone who saved her life, didn't she, from, like, the, the robot um, sort of I, arming stuff. I thought it was a bit weak, that, wasn't it? I yeah. mean, he's, he's basically had this ruse going on for the last 10, 15 years, and she's basically indestructible. And he's just like, it was me all along. And I thought, well, surely there's a better way of, of doing that. But but yeah, you know, she, she obviously, even though he, she's been his right hand, she's obviously um, honourable, isn't she? You know, in, in everything that she's doing. So she's doing it all for the, for the right kind of misguided reasons. But, you know, again, Hulk, she goes back to help. The Warbound Pact are, are stepping up, aren't they? They're trying to save the, the townsfolk from all these spikes. And, and Hulk, uh, at the moment, is just not interested in, uh, or we think he's not interested, certainly initially. And, and this is where, again, I think, you know, they carried it on just a bit too long, the whole I'm Hulk, just leave me alone kind of thing. I I, I didn't see the point of a, of holding out for that extra couple of minutes or something because he eventually does turn up you know and he starts helping but then he he does get infected by the spikes yeah yeah and, and i think as well we get the imagery of what the red king actually does to Cassira's world don't you and, and um like you said she's got the child in her arms aren't she you know everyone yeah well, so it looks like a hopeless cause you know even though he's infected hulk kind of pushes the uh this big boulder essentially over over his mates and and to save them um and the red king just just deploys this bomb which destroys everyone you know including the hulk we think at this point and sakira's running out there and she'd she'd rescued this child a, a, a minute or so earlier from her infected mother and i thought it was pretty brutal actually it was probably more even more than the beta ray beatdown you know, she was just holding the baby before, and then she's just holding a, a pile of dust after mm. that. And I thought, oh, crikey, that, that is pretty brutal. Yeah, for a cartoon as well, Dave. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I agree. I agree. There's some good old segments in this one that, that give that seriousness to what the actual subject is. I think it, it I think slightly there's some better set pieces towards the end with the desperation setting in, not because it's come towards the end of the, the cartoon, but the story 
he's making a little bit more sense I mm-hmm. think, in some of these little bits at the end. Yeah, and so then we get, you know, Red King's feeling pretty chuffed with himself. You know, he's, he's telling everyone that, you know, I can't kill the Hulk already. And, and another Game of Thrones callback, he says, uh, he says, you can't kill what is already dead. You know, yeah, twirly mustache, and it, it reminds <laughs> me of the uh, drowned god saying from Game of Thrones, isn't it? They say. Yeah what is dead may never die. But as soon as he said it, I, I thought, well, that's from Game of Thrones. Oh, no way. It is slightly different. <laughs> but of course, you know, he pulls the sheet back and Hulk's not dead at all. So he, uh, this time, you know, you think he's he's recovered from his spike infestation, but also he's got his strength back. So he, even though the Red King jumps into his little armored suit there, he's, he's no match. And, and Hulk basically gives him the beat down not quite to within an inch of his life. So basically just takes him out of the suit and, and Sakira kind of throws one of the spikes on him and uh, he gets infected so that his own, uh, what were they, death drones or, or whatever they were called, uh, yeah. just basically take him out. So I still thought I had a probably, uh, for all of the death and destruction that he's caused, I'd have probably strung it out a little bit longer. You know, it's still only a few seconds, wasn't it? But but I suppose it's a cartoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think as well, Dave, the one thing when you watch these things is there's always going to be someone who redeems themselves, isn't there? Always yeah. someone who redeems themselves. And it does feel like, you know, you said it yourself. You, oh, no, in fact, you better say that, Dave, because you haven't said it. I'm reading your notes. What you're going to say about the Star Wars bit? Oh right, okay. <laughs> so I mean, at the end, um, we we we're into the last scene essentially now, and and it does feel very much like a New Hope uh, Star Wars ending, doesn't it? Where you've got all of the Warbound packs; they've all got their special little blue suits on there, and basically all the way through, you know, the the locals have thought that the Hulk is the Sakarsan, you know, so he's someone who, who will come to the planet and make Sakar prosperous again. So he's been resisting that all the way through the movie, but eventually, you know, he says, oh, right, okay. And so he he effectively becomes the new king at that point and uh, takes Sakira for his queen. And we get a little bit of a hint of a, there's about to be a kiss and then, and then that stops. But... Um, what I will say is, so, so it pretty much wraps up there. What I will say is this is a nice, I, I'd mentioned ages ago, hadn't I, that comics are a much more higher volume medium than movies and TV shows even. So, yeah. you know, you're always having to be thinking, or the editors and the writers are always having to be thinking about the next story, what actually happens later. So, Hulk uh, and so Sakira is pregnant with Hulk's baby, but the the spaceship that he he came in um, basically has a has a meltdown and blows up and kind of kills all the people on the planet, including his wife, which Hulk is obviously not too happy about, and he, he basically blames the Illuminati, blames the Avengers for that happening. So he basically heads back to Earth 
and uh, this this is before a whole World War Hulk storyline, and he, he basically he's the bad guy invading Earth, and you know he gives beatdowns like you've never seen before. So so that's another good story to to follow up this one. And uh, what actually happens is the the baby survives. So Hulk uh, didn't know. Uh, he thinks everything's dead. And basically you have uh, this character now running around in the comics called Scar, who's who's the Hulk's son. Ah, uh, right, right. I mean, I must admit, Dave, I didn't like the ending. Yeah. I'm not having the Hulk doing the old Han Solo bit with Princess Leia. I'm sorry. I, I just can't. I can't have it that he's civilized and and you know he's this now this leader amongst men sort of thing. I just can't. Yeah. I can't do it. I don't buy it at all. And I think that might be me being now reminded for not having any backstory to the Hulk other than him just rampaging around you know wherever he is at the present time in the cartoons. But mm-hmm. I'm not buying it at all. I thought he was. I, I must admit, I got to that bit. I was like, no, this is going off, and I just turned it off. I was like, this is terrible. <laughs> I made yeah. sure there was no other end credits or anything. I just turned it off. I thought, I'm not watching this garbage. Uh, just that bit, the end, just, it's not my, as you said, when you read a comic, it's your visualisation. Your mind runs off with what you think's going on around it. And I'm thinking now, this is not my impression of what I think the Incredible Hulk's all about. He's not some civilised uh, married man now who's now a king amongst, you know, a generation and all this. I was like, nah, I don't buy it. <laughs> I know that's bad, Dave. It's proper, yeah. proper, proper miserable. I can only apologise to everyone, but I was just like, nah, that's not... It's, I'm it's, done. Yeah, yeah. And was it just me? I mean, it, it, it was a new hope, wasn't it? Right yeah, at yeah. the end. You just needed the music, didn't you? We just needed the music and some medals being put on Chewbacca and we were away. You yeah. know, it was absolute nonsense. I was just like, nah. It sort of... It didn't make any difference to the, the cartoon. It's an enjoyable... Uh, shall we say romp, Dave? A nineteen eighties review of there. That it says it's a bit of a cartoon romp, but it was uh, it wasn't fantastic, and then that just it was cheese ball amongst cheese balls. We might as well have called it a baby bell at the end. It was just oh no, I can't have it. Going to our review? Yes, yeah. Let's go for it. Now, Dave. I've cut you off then, haven't I? <laughs> it's all right, go on. Again. Sorry, okay, hold on. Now, Dave, with you, uh, obviously you've been busy working and everything, I've been away and I've been trying my best, even with the comic book stuff, I've been blagging it. It's only fair that the main man gets to do the first review score back, Dave, so you can go first, my <laughs> Well, I wouldn't describe myself as the main man, but but because I've not done it for a while, I'll, I'll definitely go Dave, first. Dave, so. Dave, trust me, looking at the comments on Facebook... <laughs> So I would say, I, I think I watched this when it, or roughly when it first came out, and, and I, I was really impressed with it, how they'd taken what was on the panel to the page. Um, going back and watching it again, though, and I don't know if I'm maybe influenced as well by Thor Ragnarok, but it just felt so slow. And again, I think... You know, I like the animation style. It, it was a serious, dramatic kind of uh, movie, I guess. But I think it could have been a lot shorter. Like I say, if they were to do the whole story, I'm pretty sure they could have taken out about 20 minutes of that and ended up with a real nice, nicely paced movie. So I think probably in my memory, I was thinking this this would probably be in Atlantis. And I think... 
I, I, I'm probably more somewhere in between Hell's Kitchen and uh, Hall of Justice. I think because it is, it is one of the better ones that Marvel have done. I, I think I'm going to come right down in the middle there. So I'm not measuring it on a sliding scale. If I compare it to the movies and the pacing of the movies, it's nowhere near those. But just in terms of animated stuff, I'm going to put this in the Hall of Justice. Good stuff. Good stuff, Dave. Now, myself, I think at the moment, you know, we've both agreed that Infinity War is the bar for us when it comes to the actual movie stuff. When it comes to animated stuff, at the moment, there's only the third one I've done, Dave. Obviously, it's your first one, but you've listened to the reviews that we did for the whole V Wolverine and four. Um, the Wolverine one stands out head and shoulders. It's a bit of me, a bit of pure violence. I think it stays close to what the characters are about, especially the Hulk and stuff. This one, as I've mentioned a few times, this this Wolverine-type voice acting was just absolutely atrocious. And I know it gives the Hulk a more human feel, but I think if he's going to talk like that, then you may as, may as well have had him back as you know Dr. Banner, Bruce Banner, because mm-hmm. that's what I felt it needed. I felt he needed that human. Now, whether it was a case of he wasn't being able to breathe on this world and he couldn't change back to the Hulk, I would have liked if I had that threat where he had to be in a complete rage while he's on this this alien planet because if he didn't, he'd have died because obviously a human can't survive on that. You know, it's just something... Can I, can I jump in there, actually? That's yeah. a really, really good point because I, I was thinking again on this, on this rewatch that there's just some exposition missing isn't there so so we kind of i i guess we we laugh at you know when when the exposition is just so obviously for us you know it's just it's not a conversation between two people i i think nick fury sticks out in my mind the most where (laughs) where the guys are like you know we'll have to ring ahead and make sure they've got the escape helicopter ready or or something like that you know (laughs) it's all just words for the audience to tell us something I think in this, it, there was just a bit missing, wasn't there? So, yeah. so you know, just a, um, just a sentence or something to explain why why is he not? You know, he's 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 chilled out, Hulk, isn't he? So he should yeah. be. From everything we know, he should be going back to to uh, Bruce Banner. So, yeah, I think I, I agree with that. I, th- I think there was not only for that bit to explain why Bruce didn't, why the Hulk didn't turn back into Bruce. Um, saying that, it's same in Thor Ragnarok, isn't it? He, yeah, he yeah. sticks around as, as the Hulk for ages. Um, but yeah, to, a few, yeah, there were a few bits where I thought it could have just done with a little bit of exposition there. Yeah, because I think for me, obviously not knowing any of the backstory, when he gets that obedience disc, he should have then changed to human. And then, mm-hmm. you know, and then because that's the, what the Hulk's about, seeing that transformation where he's like in, in the Hulk v uh, Wolverine or Hulk v4, it's that inner turmoil he goes through where he's trying his hardest not to rage, not to become this. I have no problem with the guy who was talking if he'd have been Bruce Banner, not the Hulk. That's mm-hmm. where I have a big problem with that. So for that... It just made no sense. And yes, and I, I, as I said before, I am comparing it to Thor Ragnarok. So there is stuff I'm looking at and I'm looking at little things to see, oh yeah, that's why that was in that. That's why that was in it. I just didn't get it. I, I, I didn't say I didn't like it. I'm not going to say it was terrible. But for me, I just think I'll never watch it again. I've never got any 
inclined to watch it. The ending was just atrocious. Um, I think I've just got to send it, Dave. I'm sorry to do this, but you've got to go to the Phantom Zone. Oof. <laughs> it's just straight in there. I'm sorry. And I, I do think, Dave, as we've said, and I'm not trying to put you under pressure or myself, but I've, I want to, if you don't mind, and obviously, in such, I think we should maybe go for a DC one next week. And, next and, week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. Let's, um, the, the one that... That you mentioned, Killing Joke. Yeah, I think that that's one that I'd be interested again because it's quite a faithful adaptation. There's a few little things where, and, and we'll speak about those next week, where it deviates. Um, but I, I think that's broadly the story. Mm. Whereas uh, something like Teen Titans Go is is obviously not directly from the page. But uh, so yeah, let, let's do Killing Joke. Yeah, sorry, I just threw it in there. I just thought it's it's quite. To be transparent, because the three animated ones we've done are all Marvel, so it'd be, be nice to go down the route of maybe a DC one and do a couple of DC ones over the next couple of months just to spread it out to see what the comparison is. And in my head, if the DC ones are as good as what I think they are and stuff, because I know the Batman ones are faithful to it. So, yeah, uh, yeah I mean, interesting. Yeah, so he's got to go to the Phantom Zone, Dave. I'm not forgiving on it. The Hulk cannot speak like that. I'm sorry. Very kind of- good. And and I would say I, I kind of agree with that in terms of the Hulk speaking, because you think, well, typically that's the Hulk's weakness, isn't it? That, that yeah. he doesn't have the intelligence. But if you give him all the intelligence, well, he's just this, he's basically Superman, isn't he? You yeah. know, he's, he's this unstoppable machine. So, um, so, yeah. Okay. Very good. Chris, have you got any plugs for us? I have, Dave. Obviously, again, big thanks to our sponsors and collaborators, Studio. If you want some headphones and headsets, please get over to their website, www.sudio.com. If you see anything you like, put in code Comics in Motion Podcast 15, that's 15, and you get 15% off all orders. So uh, give them guys a follow. And if you want to see what they're all about, put on Twitter, hashtag studio or hashtag studio moments, and you'll come up with all sorts of different products and lifestyle um, shots of their products and headsets. Also, my podcast, The Contextual Podcast, is back this next week. I've got a couple of guests lined up, actually, which will tip me finally over the edge of episode 50. We're all talking about Pro Evo, which has just come out, and uh, FIFA. And Dave, I've been nice about Pro Evo in the last podcast. I'm pretty much sure I'm not going to be on this next one. So I'll be back to normal, slating the game. (laughs) If you want to get involved on iTunes, it's The Contextual Podcast on SoundCloud, and on Twitter, just give me a follow at Chris Phelps 78. Um, what about yourself, Dave? Yep. So we've got a couple of football or soccer based podcasts, haven't we? So yep. the Grassroots Coachcast, myself and my co host there, Ben, we go all through our journey as, as kind of youth football or soccer coaches and, and all the trials and tribulations there. We've been on a bit of a break and we'll be looking to start that up again soon uh the other one is the chat footy podcast so again we've had a little break there while uh we've had the international break uh but we'll probably be starting that up again next next week so thank you very much chris it's been great to talk to you again go through this stuff and uh it's good to be back as uh i'll say noel gallagher once said so the, the, <laughs> the alternative i probably shouldn't talk about so yeah, um, yeah that's true. <laughs> 
Dave, all I'm going to say to you is it's great to have you back, mate. It's been a great episode. Big thanks to all our uh, guests have come on and the interviewees we've had on. Uh, the interviews, sorry, we had as well with Alex. Um, but as always, Dave, they've been grey day. Having you back is A+, plus because you are the main man. If it isn't for you, we haven't got the comments in motion, mate, because Wikipedia, I cannot convince anybody listening to this, as some people have said. <laughs> I know what I'm talking about with comics. So we need that, Dave. We need that um, lemon and lime effect, I think, don't we? The yin and yang. So, yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. I'm not sure which one I am, Dave, but either way, I'm just glad to be involved in our uh, podcast. No, it's been good. It's, it's been great to be back, generally. Yeah, good stuff. Now, Dave, all I can say to you is Hulk smash. Now I don't know what to do. If you want to fight for us, at least fight for yourself. How boring. With boundless strength, whose power knows no end. This is impossible. And this warrior shall strike down all evil. Unite all kingdoms. Hear that? They think you're the savior of this planet. And through his blood, shall restore life to all of Sakaar. I once thought you were a man of honor, Hulk. Now I see you're nothing but a monster. <laughs>